G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. God is a holy God, and He has to respond to sin with judgment. But God is also love, and we've seen that He has laid the sin of the world upon His own Son at the cross. Now for those who reject Christ, there is a day of judgment coming. But is God eager to get to that day, so eager that there are outbursts of His judgment upon communities in this day and age? Or is God long-suffering? This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Well, this week we're looking at the subject of natural disasters and God's judgment. Hello, it's Phil Edwards here, and with me is teacher and author Ken Legg. And it's a good question, one that perhaps you've asked. Are the earthquakes, floods, cyclones, fires and so on sent by God as judgment on communities that experience them? Well, can you say no because they don't pass four critical tests? We've looked at three of them so far. The common sense test, the prophetic test and the biblical test. What's the final one? Well, it's what I call the spirit of Christ test. Let me explain. How do we know what God is like? Well, the Bible says that Christ is the image of the invisible God. So what we are meant to know about God, we see in the person of Jesus Christ. Remember, um, Philip said to Jesus once, you know, you keep talking about the Father. Show us the Father and that will be sufficient to us. And Jesus said to Philip, have I been so long with you and yet you still haven't known me? Don't you get it? (laughs) Yeah, don't you get it? You know, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Now, in the Old Testament, God forbade us to make images of him, you know, to carve out an image, even to draw a picture of what we think he is like. And there's a reason for that, because whatever image we come up with, we're going to get it wrong. It's not going to be a true image of his likeness. There's only one true image of the likeness of God, and that's Jesus Christ. So when somebody says God is like this, we need to reference that in the life of Jesus. Do we see Jesus behaving like this? When Jesus came, was he quick to judge people? Was he quick to punish communities and so on because of their sin? Did he ever bring judgment down in that sense and in that way upon people? And the answer, of course, is no, he didn't. He certainly had plenty of opportunity to do so. Plenty of opportunity, but often he dismissed those that wanted uh, him to judge and wanted to judge people that were in his presence. He said, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Yeah, the, the woman caught in adultery, classic example, where uh, he said, you know, who you without sin cast the first stone, you know, and they all left. That's right. Now, you made an important point yesterday, I think it's worth repeating, and that is that you said you're not saying that God isn't a God of judgment or that there isn't a day of judgment to come, but just that this isn't it. The stuff that's happening now is not the judgment. Jesus didn't come to condemn but to save and that we're here to proclaim that message, that he's here to save while we're here, For the, that there's time for people to still believe on Christ and be saved. That's our role. Yes, and that's the message 
that is designed to bring people to him. I mean, look, for example, at Paul. He said, uh, it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. It's not, you know, threatening people with earthquakes and tsunamis and so on that brings people to repentance. Mm. It's the goodness of God that it's leads not the, to repentance. It's not the big stick of God that no, leads to repentance. It's knowing this good, great heart of God that, that actually brings people in. Peter said a similar thing. Uh, in fact, he was talking in, in the context of judgment and how God had judged the world in the past, you know, with the flood and is coming again. But he says, actually, the reason why it's taking so long is this very reason that God is long-suffering. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he said, count the long-suffering as salvation. God is putting it off because he wants people to come to him and, and to be saved. Mm. So are you saying, though, that if we don't understand God's purpose in this age, and that is to go out and proclaim the good news that we might actually be working against him rather than with him? Yes, I am saying that. In fact, Jesus said, you know, in the end, there will be many people that will say, Lord, we we gave some great prophecies in your name, and, uh, you know, we did this and we did that. And he said, (laughs) well, I never knew you. You you, you weren't working with me. And, And it's important for us to understand what God is doing in this age. What is this age? It's an age of grace. It's an age of salvation. The church should be busying itself, if I can use that term, with uh, getting the good news of the gospel out there that God loves them and has done all he can to save the people by putting their sin upon Jesus. All they need to do is receive the free gift of eternal life by believing in Jesus, trusting in him, and, and they will be born again. Mm. Now, look, you know, let's take encouragement from this because maybe maybe some of us have done a similar thing as you know what we're saying is happening today with people going around shouting judgment and so on in, in these natural disasters. Um, even two of Jesus' disciples, you remember James and John? Yeah. Uh, Jesus came into a village, I think it was a Samaritan village, and that village actually rejected him. They did not receive him. They rejected him. And James and John, they said, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven just like Elijah did? I mean, they obviously weren't clear about which covenant they were they were representing. Uh, you know, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume these people? And listen to what Jesus said. He said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. This is why I call it the spirit of Christ test. He said, that's not the spirit that I have. That's not what I'm about. You're behaving in a way that is totally foreign to my purposes. You're not working with me. You're working actually against what I'm trying to do. I think there's some interesting things in there too for us from the cultural context of their behavior. The Samaritans were, if you can think of a group of people that you might regard as being pagans or, or someone who you just don't want to associate with, that was the case with the Samaritans. They would you know, cross the street to walk on the other side so they didn't have to be with these people. So it would have been a natural inclination for them to say, well, ha, now we're going to call down heaven on these, you know, fire from heaven on these guys and obliterate them off the face of the earth Yeah, because of how they were conditioned culturally. And I guess yeah. we would be the same with the way that we react in many times yeah. to people around us and what God is really calling us to do. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there was a great rift between the Jews and the uh, Samaritans. In fact, they would deliberately go out of their way to ignore one another. And yet Jesus went out of his way to meet them. He went to the Samaritan village. And then, of course, we know there was a time when he purposely went on a certain route so that he could meet that Samaritan woman. Mm. It was all something that he was constrained to do. You're saying, Phil, that sometimes we can have this same spirit as James and John, that you know these dirty, rotten sinners should should yeah. get what's coming to them. But we, we forget that we too were once dirty, rotten sinners who were also under his wrath and under his judgment until we heard the good news. I heard a comment recently in a news report 
of a victim who had just heard the news of their perpetrator being locked up in prison for many, many years. And the reporters were there saying, well, what do you think about this? Are you happy? And their comment was, I'm over the moon. They can rot in hell as far as I'm concerned. Now, we often have that attitude, and this is exactly what James and John were doing here, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the fact that the matter is that, you know, until Jesus called them and uh, made them his disciples, <laughs> they were in the same position. <laughs> they were just as far from God as, as anyone else, you know. And God's grace to us is such that it should really make us overwhelmed with love and compassion and wanting others to experience the joy of salvation that we've had the privilege of experiencing in our lifetime. Mm. So let's go back over these four tests. Uh, and we're talking about if somebody says that this thing is a judgment from God, this earthquake or fire or calamity of some sort, there are four tests that you say. Just briefly, yeah. let's go over those. Number well, there's one. the common sense test, which um, is, of course, it totally ignores natural disasters and, and the fact that uh, things happen because we're living on a fallen planet. Uh, secondly, uh, sometimes it fails the prophetical test. In other words, those that pronounce these things as being God's judgment, haven't got a good track record when it comes to predicting what's going to happen in the future. They've made prophecies that have not come to pass. The third one is the biblical test. We need to understand what God is doing in this age, in this new covenant age, and the fact uh, of the matter is that he will not judge the righteous with the wicked. So when believers perish in these disasters, we know that it's not God because he would not judge those that he's already saved. Yeah. Now, in this uh, principle today, we've looked at the, the fact that it fails also the spirit of Christ test. Jesus is not like this. He did not come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. And that should be our mission. I hope this has been helpful. Join us tomorrow as we continue our look at coping with natural disasters. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.